I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, Acts chapter 19, verses 11 to 16. Let's read. It says, God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. A group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. And one time when they tried, an evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled the house naked and battered. The word of God. Please be seated. Kind of a rough ending to a story, um, but I promise the story doesn't just end there. We go forward and the, and the word tells us that uh, the word of God and the Lord's power and presence spreads across. But I want to focus on this area of the story because the story brings up a really important question that I have to think about. It brings up a question that I have to reflect on for myself, and that question is, is my spirituality inspired or is it imitated? Is the things that I think of when I think of spiritual matters, when I think of worship, when I think of church, when I think of how I connect with God, have I been inspired by people around me? Or has it just been an imitation, just copying things that I've seen? And the story hits me because when I look at the sons of Sceva, these people in this story, it's not just a story that I just really read and I can just learn from something. It's something that I start reflecting on because I was exactly like those sons. I feel like I've wrestled with their mindset. I've wrestled with the things that they want to do, the things that they want to see. I've known the right things to say just to look like a good Christian. And I, and I know this very well. I'll tell you guys a little bit about my life. I know this very well because I had a very committed Seventh-day Adventist mother who raised my brother and I. In fact, um, if you could put up a picture, I'll show you a picture of me and my family. It's really funny. Um, I don't think I've worn a, an outfit like that or seen my older brother wear a suit like that ever again in his life. But um, this is us, my mom, uh, my older brother, and me. This was definitely very backwards because now I'm the tallest in the family. And so this was very old throwback. Um, and my mom was very dedicated to the church, dedicated to making sure her kids were Seventh-day Adventists. In fact, uh, she's a nurse. Um, she's retired actually just two years ago. Um, and when she would be working, she worked evening shifts, night shifts. And she would work nights, long nights, and in the morning still, fresh off of working for about 12 hours, would take us to church first thing in the morning without even sleeping. She would bring us to church, and I'm talking about early church. Like I'm talking about there was no one else there, there was no other youth, no other members, just the church clerk playing cassettes of like the Gaithers. That's how early it was. And there was no one else to talk to. And I was just sitting there, I just had to wait till the Sabbath school teacher came like an hour and a half after. This is how early it was. And she was so dedicated, she put us in Pathfinders. She made sure we were part of the children's skits. She made sure that we um, did any type of scripture reading, were part of the children's choir. But in that time where she was constantly putting us through the motions of Adventism, of Christianity, um, my brother, who was much more aware than I, he took ownership over his religion, over his spirituality. And he did things, and he would recite things, and he would study the word for himself. But I was not as motivated as him. And in fact, it led me that's my, me, myself, and my older brother. Um, it led me to doing things where I just caught myself imitating my older brother. 
it led me into habits where I was just looking at whatever my older brother did. I saw how people would respond to him. I'd be like, well, that's what I'll just do. I'll talk like him when I talk about God. I'll talk like him when I read the scripture. I'll act like I'm doing things behind the scenes like he does because it seems to be successful. And I realized very soon that even though I was a Christian, I had no idea who Christ was myself. I realized that my relationship with God was maintained and built upon my older brother, my mom, and my pastors. And there's nothing wrong for being inspired, but I think the problem was that my relationship with God was just imitated. Going to church was because of someone else. Going to small groups was because of someone else. Praying was because someone else asked me to. I settled for a secondhand Jesus, and I did things in the name of Jesus who was proclaimed by others, but I myself did not know. Let's just pray real quick. Heavenly Father, uh, may you speak through me. May we hear your word. May we be motivated to know you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, um, hello. And uh, thank you so much for welcoming, welcoming my wife and I to the desert of California. We've been uh, pulled from... <laughs> We've been pulled from a very different area. Um, where we're from uh, is very green in Canada. And uh, coming here, we noticed that was the first thing. We looked at the mountains, we looked at the hills, and we're like, wow, very brown. Very interesting. But we love here. We love what we've experienced. We love how welcomed we felt. And so I want to thank you so much for uh, allowing us to be part of this church family. I'd like to thank the youth for accepting us so much. I love the youth group that we have here. I'm so excited to continue to do life with you all. Let's give them a round of applause just for being here. This is your church. And so just so thank you for being here with us. We're going to go into this text, and as we continue our series, Start With Why, I believe that um, our why really determines how we move forward with Jesus. I believe that our why really determines um, how we move forward day to day, understanding our relationship with Jesus. And so I want to pull out three things from this story that I think will help us dig in and find maybe a more genuine why when we think about our relationship with God. My, the first thing I want to share with you all is that your heart is more important than your titles and your human affiliations. Where your heart is, is the most important thing. Verse 14 says, sons of Sceva, seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest. You know, it's very interesting because we don't even know the names of these seven brothers. We don't even know who they are, their identity, their personality traits. We know nothing about them except who their father is. And I hate that for them because I know what that's like. I don't know if anyone has older siblings or maybe somebody that they know that kind of is influential in their family. And you're only referred to as like the younger sibling of that person. Like my older brother, Kofi, people would just call me Kofi Jr. People don't even know my name. They just say, oh, that's Kofi's brother. Right? And that kind of gets you, right? And it gets you, it keeps adding up. And I can only understand that being identified by only someone else can be a burden. But the thing is, when you're only identified by someone else, sometimes you can use it as a crutch. You know, it can be like, well, maybe that'll get me to this place. Maybe that'll get me respect from other people. And some of us have been led to believe or just accepted that the spirituality, we can be spiritually confident because we're under a certain name. Maybe because of who our parents are. Maybe because of our title or maybe because of the name of our religion. We feel like we can be, never make a mistake. Maybe we've gone to academy our whole life. Maybe we've gone to church our whole life, gone to every single Sabbath, every single Sabbath school, and that builds this habit that we feel like we're untouchable. And that's a reality. But our titles or experiences are never more important 
than a relationship with Jesus. And these young men were sons of Sceva, a leading priest. You know, he was a high priest. He was in charge of organizing the sacrificial services. He was in charge of bringing people together. But I feel bad for these seven brothers because they watched their dad probably be successful. They watched their dad connect with others, connect with God, but they never saw the God that, they, that he worshipped. They were more focused on their dad connecting with God than, connect, than focusing on the God who the father was connected to. And that's a weird thing that happens to us very often. You know, I was talking to um, a pastor long ago, and he was kind of weary about where his kids were at or the things that his kids were doing. And I asked him about it. You know, I asked him, I'm like, you know, like, raising kids, being a pastor, being someone that people look up to, you know, how do you feel about maybe the things that your kids are doing and you feel kind of like the pressure? And he told me, he said, you know what, Ben? What I did was I made a mistake when they were younger. And I was like, you know, like, what do you mean? And he was saying how he showed them how to fish, but he never gave them opportunities to fish themselves. And that, made, that really hit me. And I think that's such a special day that we're recognizing educators because I believe that in our schools, uh, that's really where we can build those opportunities for our kids to fish themselves. It's one thing to watch people just do things, but it's another thing to practice them yourself. And that's what God wants us to do because when we practice them themselves, we really get to figure out what God is calling for us to do individually. <clears throat> the problem about the seven sons, these seven brothers, the issue that existed there was that they believed that they were God's grandchildren. And I heard this very special line that God has no grandchildren. What does that mean? That every single one of us is a child of God. And we don't have to just live off of stories of our parents. We don't just have to live off of stories of other people. God wants an individual relationship with you. Yet, their title, being what it was, led them to do certain things regardless of where their heart was. And I say this because it's beyond just having a family member that works for the church. It's beyond just having a, a, a pastor as a parent or um, a teacher as a parent that works for the SDA church beyond working for uh, in these spaces. Sometimes it just comes from having the title of Seventh-day Adventist. You know, because of our title, we can just do things that make us fit in without believing why we do it. You know, I remember being, going through motions like I knew that as long as I turned off my video games on Friday night, I was Adventist. As long as I didn't eat pork, I was Adventist. As long as I did these certain things, I was Adventist, but I had no idea who Jesus was. And I say this to you because bringing our heart to Jesus doesn't have to look like anybody else. Bringing our hearts to Jesus doesn't have to look like a certain way. It doesn't have some label or some exact steps. But because I thought it did, it led me to doing things that I didn't even know why I was doing it. And I was going through these motions. And my why was based on people rather than God. There's another thing I want to bring up from this story. The second point is this. Let God use you rather than, let, rather than trying to use God. Let God use you rather than trying to use God. The narrative tells us that they've been going from town to town and they were successful. That they had been bringing the word, they've been exercising demons, going from place to place. And because of what Paul and the disciples had been doing, they saw that there was success in mentioning Jesus, the Lord Christ. And so what they did was they brought that into their incantations. They brought that into their routines. But when we see that when you're not genuine, your success can only go so far. When you're not genuine with Christ, you can only be so successful. But when you are genuine with Christ, it's unlimited what you can do. But the harsh reality of this story, it tells us that when there's spiritual situations 
this opportunity for people to take advantage of each other, right? When they saw that they could use Christ for their own benefit, they did. And this is a scary thing because we do this today. We can see this today. And we have to ask, because this has happened for centuries, do we let God lead or do we just try to put God's approval on things? Do we let God lead or do we just try to put God into situations? I remember (laughs) when I was younger, I really wanted to be a chef. I really did. I love playing games with food. I love seeing food. I like eating food. So I'm like, I've got to be a chef. And when I did, I remember people telling me, or people even in church, when I shared this dream as a kid, everyone would tell me, you know, like, that's not what God wants for you. And it's very strange because kids don't forget that when you tell them that God doesn't want you to do that. Or when somebody's doing something that we don't approve, we just instantly say, God doesn't want you to do this. And so what we start doing is putting God's type of approval on things, but without telling people to connect with God. And what we need to be doing is pointing people to Christ rather than letting ourselves be that Christ in between them. And that's what we end up doing. And so when we let God lead, our approach isn't about how I can help myself, but it's how I can help others. And you see that in the sons of Sceva. They were moving to improve themselves, moving to raise themselves up higher without listening first. You know, if the sons of Sceva had truly let Jesus lead them, they would have prioritized loving someone in need rather than taking advantage of somebody who was vulnerable. They saw somebody that was demon-possessed, who was weak, who was vulnerable, and they decided to take advantage instead of loving first. But when we let Christ lead us, we always lead with love. When we let God lead in situations, our approach changes, and it leads with listening and loving. The third and final thing I want to share with you from this story is that presence is always greater than power. God's presence is always greater than power. Seeking God's presence is more important than just waiting for moments for God to show his power. The power is only for moments. The miracle only lasts for a second, but God's presence is eternal. He wants to be with us every single day. He wants to be with us every single hour, and he doesn't want to just show up for us when we need a miracle. But sometimes it's like that. And sometimes the way life goes uh, makes us just rely on God when we just need him. And God is good, right? That's the gospel. That's the grace. He shows up for us regardless. But he wants to be so much more. We experience these skiva moments. We experience these moments where we just want God to show up. Moments where we feel like God just needs to show up because uh, we need him to. But sometimes we don't even know what that means. When we spend time focusing on the presence of God, we know what it means for him to show up. And we know what it means for him to take his time. We know what it means for, us to, for him to just intercede on our behalf. And that's what God wants from us. That causes us to do things that seem right. When we just decide to only let God show up in the right moments, when we decide to only lean on God when we're in trouble, it makes us do things that aren't even genuine. It makes us lean on situations for what looks right. We try and put God into situations that only look right. And when we only seek out God for his power, We put God in a box because we feel like God's only a God for a moment, but God is a God for every single day. I'm closing up now. I'm closing up this, my sermon. I want to share with you guys this. We are the sons of Sceva sometimes. Sometimes we are the people who just focus on a God that only shows up when we want him to. We focus, we feel like that God is just a God that only shows up in the moments of trouble. We're the sons of Sceva when we choose clout over Christ. We're the sons of Sceva when we try to use God rather than than let God use us. We're the sons of Sceva 
when we try to let God only show up in the big moments rather than trying to connect with him daily. But the gospel is that God loves us so much that he wants to connect with us every single moment, every single day. We don't have to settle for a secondhand Christ. We don't have to settle for a God that only exists in a third party. Church, God is calling us to connect with him and know who he is personally because he knows each and every one of us. We can do so much more than just to settle for God because uh, it's the God that who preach, who's preached by your pastor. It's not just the God of just Paul. It's not just the God of, uh, of La Sierra Church pastors, but it's the God of you. He is the God of each and every single one of us, and he knows us by name. So God has called us higher. God has called us forward to let him be our why. Amen.